Hello and welcome to The Stack. This week we speak with Matteo Cosso from Unodue, a beautiful title in football and culture. We also preview Indicon, the annual gathering of independent publishers in Hamburg. And finally, a news podcast for kids, which even adults can enjoy. And enjoy the show. From Midori Housing, London, this is The Stack, 30 minutes of print industry analysis, and I am Fernando Augusto Pacheco. To start the show, we feature a yearly publication that is all about football and culture. The beautiful game is used as a platform to explore different topics. In their latest issue, called It's Personal, they explore how football shapes our lives and our view of the world. For more, I spoke to one of the founders of Unodue, Matteo Cosso. Unodua, in a nutshell, started out from a need of using football as a springboard to delve into bigger issues of society and culture. We, as co-founders, thought that sometimes the complexity of our society is uh, too difficult to uh, pierce through if you don't have uh, some sort of uh, way in. And we noticed that the passion of that people have for, for the sport was really a great way to discuss other stuff. And, you know, we really saw that how we as co-founders, as me and, and two other uh, Italians, Daniela Sigalot and Andrea Timpani, we really enjoyed talking about our like weekly game as if it was, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo or Messi playing. We obviously weren't even closely as good, but uh, we still felt the, the lens of football being a very good way of discussing bigger issues. And I personally think it's not only because I'm Brazilian, but I generally think uh, football is such an international sport. I think, I mean, I'm sure there are other international sports as well, but I think football generally, if you are in Europe, Africa, in the Americas, in Asia, I know it's growing quite a lot. Even where you are in the United States, right? They, I know they call soccer. There's this kind of cultural differences as well. But would you say that, that, that football is one of the genuine kind of international and global sports? Because I feel the world, even a World Cup, has the same effect of an Olympics almost. I mean, absolutely. Uh, especially here in the U.S., it gives it gives us the possibility of discussing uh, other things, other cultural issues. For example, how like you know Americans uh, as Americans r relate to other cultures, and that has been historically difficult. But uh, now, with the increased popularity of uh, Uh, football slash soccer, uh, you know, it's it's been easier, and definitely the World Cups here have been um, have been more of an event. If I can tell you a little bit of a personal story, I moved here with my parents from Italy in the eighties in nineteen eighty eight, and um, my dad it still remembers for him in New Jersey it was impossible to find games. 
impossible to find a bar to show some games and uh he you know it was really like a different world and he thought oh my god like i've been to brazil i've been to argentina i've been to asia and every and you can always watch bigger teams play but not in america and that was very strange to him well it's certainly if you've visited the the big cities or even like the smaller towns, it certainly changed. Any bar will have like Premier League or the La Liga, sometimes Serie A too. So that's great. Well, that's fantastic. Uh, and let's talk about this kind of last volume. And first of all, it's a kind of a yearly kind of edition that you guys put up. So this one is the current one. And I'm sure you're already preparing volume four. Uh, but tell us some of the highlights uh, at number three. As I said, I love the stories. I mean, there's one with uh, Carolina Morassi. I didn't know actually much about her career, even though she's one of the best footballers. I love the variety. But tell us about some of the highlights of this issue. Yeah, absolutely. So we consider ourselves like a magazine, although, yeah, we are yearly, if sometimes a little bit more, global pandemics and <laughs> withstanding. But um, yeah, we, we try and collect stories that have a relevance to cultural and societal issues, which, again, are seen through the lens of uh, football. One of my favorites would be, um, there's many, there's many, uh, obviously one of my favorites would be the story of, uh, giving up play, um, which is really personal. This is exactly, uh, the theme of the book is like what, how, how soccer influences our own life and how we influence the, the world itself of soccer by our own stories. So one of the stories would uh, would be giving a play by Chris Baker is about the transition that we all have from being young to basically going into like and playing all the time to move to a place where like we are only going to be just watching instead of playing. I think this is a really good metaphor for, uh, you know, growing up and, you know, becoming older and wiser where we're not more as protagonists of uh, some things, but we can be detached a little bit and wiser in making choices. And, you know, it's written with a lot of humor and uh, it's one of my favorites. But yeah, we uh, we tackled bigger stuff. Um, we wrote a profile of Miguel Aguilar, uh, which at the time was playing for LA Galaxy. And in the U.S., he was the first uh, known DACA athlete in the U.S. Uh, for people who are not familiar, DACA is a special immigrant status given to children that were that basically crossed the border and stayed in the U.S. illegally for many years, sometimes all their lives. And back with uh, the former administration was targeting these kids, trying to see them as non-Americans while they had lived in the U.S. for basically all their lives. And these, uh, this is a really good example of how we use soccer to delve into bigger issues and to talk about something so current and so so in so in our face like immigration and i think this is like a really good way of creating awareness on on issues as well and also mateo i'd like to ask because some i'm sure some people will be interested in unodue which is beautifully printed 
uh, amazing illustrations as well. Where is the best way uh, to find? I know you have some distribution in a few countries, but you know where can they find it? Yeah, we're a small reader-supported operation. It is a passion project. Uh, so we are on sale directly from our website, which is shop.uno-doit or through our Instagram, which is gol, <laughs> like the Italian goal, G-O-L, uno, due. And you'll find us on, on Instagram. And we have, uh, we'll be carried by Stack Magazines, Mag Culture, the, the big ones in um, the UK, and uh, hopefully US distribution soon. That's fantastic. And I'm just wondering if you could give us any preview. I mean, when the upcoming edition is coming out. I mean, if you don't know, that's fine, but, but perhaps just an idea. Uh, yeah, so um, again, we've always tried to like have a few words, even just like a, a word itself as a guiding light, so as a theme, per, so to say. So the next one, we would like to focus on, well, the con connectivity, which is the buzzword that's, that's going around. The very first social media cup world cup we've already witnessed was in Brazil and it really changed how, how soccer was portrayed, making it even more so a global sport. And so that will be the theme that we will uh, start collecting and aggregating all the content around. That was Matteo Costo there from Uno Due. For more information, go to uno-due.it. And as we do every year, we preview the excellent IndieCon, an independent publishing festival featuring more than 70 indie publishing houses and solo publishers. Organized by Die Brüder Publishing, it's a must if you're interested in new magazines. I spoke to Nina Prader, representing Die Brüder, and who is also curating the event this year. I'm here representing Die Brüder Publishing and the IndieCon happened last year and is also hopefully happening this year. It was one of the only independent publishing fairs to take place in Germany. And this year, the theme is reflections, as last year was also impossible. And it'll be taking place again at Oberhafen from the 3rd to the 5th of September and bringing together international agents of print from all over the world. And, and, and that's a remarkable thing, because I did have a look at the lineup of publishers as well. A lot of people from Germany, but there are a strong international presence as well, which, you know, I think hopefully, you know, there's a climate of optimism, do you think, with the independent publishers? Because I feel, I don't know about you, Nina, I feel that people needed those titles, even in the peak of the pandemic. Do you know what I mean? It's not, it was disruptive, but I think, you know, it's essential to people's lives as well. Yeah, I definitely think publishing in a way has had a comeback thanks to the pandemic in the same way that, of course, spaces like book fairs or have been missing in a way. So there's all more sort of hype and excitement to finally get together and share all these titles that maybe haven't found release dates until now. There's uh, definitely a lot of enthusiasm there for this to take place. And I mean, IndieCon will have around 80 publishers participating 
and uh, it'll be a lot of fun just to celebrate and come together. Uh, we're also bringing back the conference, which is a format that took a little break and now it's back. And we're really pleased to have amazing publishers like Off2 Magazine, um, Sandwich, Club Sandwich, and also Daddy Magazine, and also This Is Badland. So this will definitely spark a really interesting conversation. Oh, and it's in collaboration with Die Zeit and Design Export. So it will really be kind of like an international publishing summit in a way, answering precisely these challenges of what does publishing for social change mean? What is critical design for critical futures? How has the pandemic maybe changed certain topics or why are certain topics maybe more necessary to talk about right now and their publishing of course is the perfect vehicle to do this well and another thing that indicon i think is very nice place like indicon is the discovery of new titles because sometimes people don't know certain titles or publishers exist and i think it's a good way to spread the word if you know what i mean right Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's a gathering. It's a place where people come together and share. Maybe people who for the first time have published even their house in a way. And then, of course, it's a, the perfect time to share new titles. And, and we definitely have a really uh, vibrant list of exhibitors, everything from Riso print to lifestyle to um, questions around identity. And many of them are reflecting on issues that were pertinent in the pandemic whether that's around care, there's highlights like Jacobin Magazine, um, Wobi, or such. So it's a, it's a really exciting list that you can also find on our website. Are there many newcomers on this year's Indicom? Yes, every year there are newcomers, actually. Independent magazines are really interesting in that way, too, that they crop up like wildflowers in a way. So every year there's a whole new set of initiatives and groups who have decided that it is time to make a magazine about this particular topic. That's fantastic. And, and you know, question, like, for example, if someone is in Hamburg or is there, the public can join, I guess, uh, Indico, right? So tell us a bit more, even for someone who perhaps want to visit Hamburg that particular weekend, you know, yes. perhaps it's a good thing to do there as well. Yeah, well, Indicon is free, so it's open to the public, which is also really important to Die Brüder and this culture is made accessible. This year, of course, like last year, Corona challenges have forced us to come up with a safe environment. So you have to book a slot in advance. But other than that, it is still completely free. All you have to do is maybe, you know, make your presence known in advance and then you can come too. That was Nina Prader there for more information on the event, which is happening from the 3rd of September to the 5th in Hamburg. Go to indicon-festival.com. 
Finally, on the show, let's talk about Newsy Jacuzzi, a mother-daughter team of podcasters who crawl under the bed each week to record an educational podcast for kids. Founded by one of Monaco's correspondents, Lindy Prickett, and her daughter, Lila Shivanshakar Prickett, I had the pleasure to speak with both of them. I do like reading the news. I find it quite fascinating, but... I suppose when everybody says both my parents are journalists, you're going to be a journalist too. I'm like, um, no, <laughs> I don't really want to be a journalist when I grow up. I have other things in my mind, but um, I like having the podcast now. You know what? You're very right because actually journalism sometimes, you know, is just your interest and you might be able to use some of the things you're learning in whatever profession you choose in the future. So I think that, and, and Lindy, tell me, how is it to work with your daughter on that, on that one? Because I know you're a journalist, you're also our new contributor there in Delhi, which is fantastic. So welcome to Monaco as well. Thank you, thank you. So working with Leela is great most of the time. And I think she she would agree that we have a really good time most of the time. And sometimes we revert to being, you know, parent and child. And that's okay. What I think is sometimes difficult is I get into producer mode. And I'm also working on a deadline a lot of the times. And I forget that she's an eight-year-old and that um, we have to, the whole idea about the podcast was that we have fun and that we have, we be silly and we be interested about the world and curious together. And I sometimes treat her like a colleague and we have a deadline to meet. And, um, and then, then that can be interesting. So, but I will have to say with, with all this, um, the world that we're living in and all this online schooling that we're doing, I have to say Leela prefers me as, as her producer, definitely much more than she prefers me as her teacher. So, so the teacher role has gone out of the window, but parent and producer, I'm still employed. And, and Leela, you know, one thing I quite like about the podcast, I gotta be honest, because I do think sometimes adults, you know, they, they, they think, not, it's not that kids are not smart, but you know, they, they, they try to put like simple things, very childish things. And I think sometimes kids, they can be interested in the world they live in. And I think that's what you, you both do very well in the podcast, you know, because kids should know as well about some, even some sad stories about what's happening in Afghanistan, for example. I've listened to the last episode. What, what do you think when you deal with those stories? I mean, do you think kids are, are ready and they should actually learn about this kind of stories they're a bit more you know they're not as childish as we imagine yes i do think that i sometimes think that my mom treats me like a big baby <laughs> but i feel that kids should know more about the news and the stories that are happening in the world because it's not just a grown-up's world it's their world too they're living in the world they are not living in a hole or on a different planet it's they're living in this world <laughs> Yeah, it's it's interesting, Fernando, because as a parent, you you try and shelter your kids from the news for as long as you can. Uh, for so many years, you you don't have the TV on in the in the room. You don't really have discussions that might make them upset. And then they reach a certain age where you can't keep things from them. And then the world just sort of takes over. I mean, look at what happened a year and a half ago. We had the pandemic. We had protests in Delhi that meant that Leela couldn't go and see her friends on the other side of town because we couldn't cross those protest lines. It was too dangerous. We had George Floyd being killed in America. These were conversations that she was hearing us discuss at home. And she wanted to know why we were upset and passionate. So I think at a certain age, kids want to know about the news. As Leela says, she lives in the world too. She's not living in a hole. So they, they want to know about the news. And I think one of the things that we try and do on, on Newsy Jacuzzi is handle the tough 
topics as gently and as sensitively and as neutral as we can, and then get back to the fun stuff. So we don't shy away from the, the tough news, but we try and have a heavy, heavy dose of all the fun stuff and interesting and nerdy stuff too, so that we can balance it out. Uh, we need both things in life, the serious and the not so serious. And another thing to Lila that I like, it feels like a community almost listening to Newsy Jacuzzi because you have your colleagues from other countries as well bringing their own reports. I think that's very nice to connect with other people, especially to you, Lila, right? Because I know you're in India, but you have an American parent, an Indian, uh, other, the other parent, right? So it's quite nice. So you feel kind of part of the world in general. Yeah, it feels nice to be part of every part of the world. I know that I'm not part of like every single country, but I, I like being able to know about news in lots of different countries and have friends across the world and family across the world in England and America and here in India. And even some of my extended cousins or uh, some of my other family that they might live in another country like Spain or something. And it feels nice to actually be con connected with those parts of the world and then connect them with different things like news and stuff. And it's true because so many of our correspondents are actually friends or family. Uh, we have other people now who've gotten in touch with us and said, oh, they want to be on Newsy Jacuzzi too. But originally it was friends network and family network. And um, that kind of makes it cool, right? Yeah, it's like, family on each okay, two family members, but um, extended cousins. Yes, that's true. I stand corrected. <laughs> And uh, Lindy, just uh, one thing that is interesting, it's quite valuable about what you both do, is that we're almost preparing this new generation, you know, to consume media, podcasts, magazines, newspapers, because it's so important, especially in this age of fake news and kind of, so I think it's essential uh, what you do. do. Do you see that as well? Because we need to continue the tradition of journalism with the kids as well, right? <laughs> Absolutely. You know, it's really interesting because at the beginning, when I was trying to simplify stories as much as possible, I wasn't putting sources in. And then after a few months, I sort of thought, hold on, what am I doing here? I need kids to know that this study came from Lancet or that this came from, well, recently, you know, Durham University did this research. And I thought it's really important, even though I know like young kids might be going, what does that mean research and Durham University and et cetera? But I thought it was really important that we always attribute and those basic journalism skills stay in a podcast, even if the podcast is targeted at children, because they need to know from this age that you've got to know who the source is on a story, because don't take my word for it, go to the original source. So yeah, that's something that we, we really, I really believe passionately in now. That was Lindy Prickett there and Lila Shivan Shakar Prickett. To listen to their podcast, go to newsyjacuzzi.com. Well, that's it for this week's show. My thanks to our editor, Nora Hall. And if you have any comments or queries, feel free to write to me, Fernando, at fp at monaco.com. And remember, we're back next Saturday at the same time. And remember also that you can subscribe to the show on monaco.com, on Apple Podcasts, and on Spotify. Before we go, a little song for you. Dire Straits with News. You've been listening to The Stack. I'm Fernando Augusto Pacheco. Until next time, it's goodbye from me.